Youngbloods acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands where we work and live. We celebrate the diversity of Aboriginal peoples and their ongoing cultures and connections to the lands and waters of New South Wales. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. This podcast was produced by Youngbloods New South Wales in partnership with Massive Music. Now let's get into the show. Sweet. All right. Welcome to Lessons in Hindsight. Today, I'm here with Karen Bryson. Um, it's great to have you, Karen. Thanks so much for, for joining me today. I thought before we jump into kind of the questions and, and getting your understanding from all the experience you have, I'd go through a little bit of a bio about you that I've found online, and I hope it's it's accurate, as well as kind of, you know, some of my own thoughts on, on where you've been. So where, where do we start with Karen Bryson? Starting out, she won Chopfest, yeah? You've produced for some of the major Australian advertising agencies, Campaign Palace, Clemenger BBDO, Sachi's, GP Weiner, BWM and, and Lowe. And quite casually, award, DNAD, Khan, One Show, New York Festivals, well, you've won at all those, which is no, no mean feat. Karen's been the managing director of Radical Media, EP at Finch and now killing it at Collider. And you've made work all around the world. You know, her work on NZTA, on the commercial mistakes, is an internet sensation, one commercial of the decade, as well as the really important work on Stop It at the Start, launching that campaign for the Australian government. You know, really kind of important work. You've been nominated for an Oscar. You've won an actor for, for a short film. You've made official selection at Toronto, St Kilda, Palm Springs, Sydney Film Festival. At this stage of the, of the bio, I wonder if there's anything you, you can't do, Karen. And, you know, in really important work, you've partnered with the Australian Directors Guild to create the paid internship program to mentor women for film director roles within the commercial production companies, as well as being a co-chair of the Australian Commercial Producers Council, an active member of the AFI, an actor, Women in Film and Television New South Wales, Screen Producers Australia and DNAD. I'm sure there's, there's things I've missed there. But most importantly, Karen, you are so generous with your time and energy. And I think, you know, when I think about someone who embodies the spirit of big dogs helping little ones, my mind came straight to you. And, and that's why we're here in this podcast studio today. Someone who I first met when, when I wasn't even a little dog, I was just a puppy, you know, maybe 14 or 15, toying with the idea of advertising and having absolutely no idea how to get in. You gave me some really great advice. So I'm hoping we can get some of that again today on the podcast and, and do that. Karen, what a write-up, what a human. It's great to have you here today and, and thanks for taking the time to, to meet with me once, once again. feels like we do this kind of, you know, every three or four years and, and today it's being recorded, so it's, it's great to be here. Well, thanks very much for asking me to come down. It's great to see you after all this time because I really feel like you are going in leaps and bounds, which is really exciting to watch and I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Karen, and, and thanks for taking the time as well. We'll jump in straight into the questions, and I think the, the big question, and it is a really big one, it maybe doesn't have a simple answer, but why advertising? Why do you continue to sort of work in the space of advertising and film production? What's, what's stopping you from just kind of hanging it up and, and going down a different, maybe more easier career path? I think in advertising, probably more than any other production medium that I've worked in, you get such an opportunity to work in so many varied ways, different genres, different techniques, like no two days are the same, which I really love. And I think that we get such an ability to hone our craft often. Every day is a new challenge. And so for me, I really love that diversity and that excitement. The deadlines are fast and furious. It's very reactive. And that, I think, really suits 
my problem solving. And with the problem solving, how do you sort of balance the the need for sort of craft and the, the hard deadlines and the kind of commercial side of things? Is that something that you, obviously a key part of your work? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's an art, not a science. What Everything that we do, I think if it was a science, then we'd have figured out a formula and then we really could take the easy road. I really love collaborating with the team and I really love the fact that filmmaking in all its facets is all about the people that you're surrounded by and we're all much greater than the sum of our own parts. And so constantly balancing the challenges of the deadline with the nuances that come from the different collaborators, be they the client or the director or the agency, is part of the challenge and part of the, I guess, achievement. Yeah. I think that's a a juggle that, that, you know, over your career we've seen you do so well, right, is you've been able to make great work in, in so many different places, so many different ways. So it's awesome to get your kind of insight on that. Speaking of that, is there a single favourite moment you have from if, if, from advertising and from being in the industry? Is there is there something that if someone said to you one thing that you really stands out to you, what would that be? I don't know. It's really hard to pick one. I think it's very hard to go past the point at which you hear you're nominated for an Oscar because that was pretty phenomenal, certainly not something that we we're expecting when we set out to make the film. But I also remember the first time I was at Cannes in the audience watching, you know, the Olympics of advertising and really getting a good sense of how global our community is and that was really important to me as well. There are probably some one-off moments, but I think it's also, you know, every day seeing the achievements that the team can make in little ways is also something that I greatly value. Really rewarding. Speaking of kind of little little achievements, and I think for a lot of people listening to this podcast, a, a little achievement or a big one might be kind of getting into advertising. How did you get started and, and what were your first few years like? I actually got started as a bit of an accident. I ended up in my degree with my advertising major, getting a job in an advertising agency and was on the pathway for some reason to becoming a suit. And it was only when I got to the agency and saw what the TV producer there did that I quickly recognised that that was much more interesting to me and certainly something that I thought would be much more suited to me. I was really lucky. I had some really amazing leaders that were in that agency that were guiding me into TV production and had a really good sense of the industry and were also really good at at shaping careers. So I really benefited from that. And what do you think the role is of that? You know, I think there's so many stories of of young people starting out advertising and sort of finding someone to sort of latch onto and and that kind of thing. Obviously, you know, you've, as a young person starting advertising, you've experienced that, but now you are that and, and you're kind of mentoring the next generation. How important do you see the role of that? Oh, it is vitally important, I think. I look at the people that I would call my mentors that I still have relationships with now and so incredibly grateful for the guidance that they gave me when I was really young and I you know, welcome any opportunity to give that back because it's quite daunting, especially producing. You can't produce in a vacuum. You have to have people around you. We're all a product of our experiences and if you can share that experience with someone else, then you're going to benefit from their experience in the same way that they benefit from yours. Do you remember like your sort of earliest learning producing? Like someone said to you something like the number one rule of producing is or uh, or something, a, a moment where you you did something and you learnt, okay, from here on in, I need to do this when I'm producing? Well, I can remember some pretty stupid things. I remember going into the producer saying, so we finished the online, now when do we start the offline? And just learning to find my feet with the jargon and the process... Oh, I lost my train of thought. No, 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 that's all good. I, I like what you say about you can't 
do producing, I think you probably can't do a lot of things in a vacuum, but especially mm. producing because it feels like it's something where you just need to be sort of wise beyond your years. And I often wonder how sort of really junior producers get into it because that you know you need the experience of wrangling a million moving pieces. And I think good producers are never stressed about it. And uh, yeah, I think one thing I really learnt and benefited from was the idea of asking for help and admitting that you didn't know something. So in the way that I not realise that the offline came before the online, just being able to put your hand up and say, hey, you know, can you explain this to me? You can benefit so much from being able to say, hey, I haven't done this before and can you help me? And I think the more that you can do that, the more you're going to grow. That's great. You, you mentioned the time that you, you know, went for the online and then the offline. It feels like a, a small mistake. Have you ever made a really big mistake? Something that you kind of thought this is this is it at the time? You know, as 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 young people starting out advertising, I think we we often make mistakes and we think I, I might as well quit now before you know before it all turns bad. Have you, is is there another moment you remember where you might have done something that you thought this is this is it? Yeah, I've had some really big challenges over my career. I think that sometimes the biggest mistakes are the ones that you learn the most from. And it's in making those mistakes and maybe owning them that you really have a chance to grow. And I think that I'll continue to do that. I hope I'll continue to do that and that the growth will continue. Yeah, great. This is great, Karen, as well. It's good, good stuff. You speak a little bit about growth and that kind of thing and about how ultimately growth achieving success. What what does it take, do you think, fundamentally to be successful in this business? There's obviously a lot of people, you know, running at it. There's a the the nature of advertising and production and that industry is constantly evolving. Someone with your kind of experience, if there was a, a key piece of, of learnings to kind of be successful, what does it take? I think it might be that willingness to grow and to learn. I think that doing something that you're passionate about will always benefit you. And I think quite often we look at the measure of our success maybe being in particular achievements, but I think that being able to do something that you love with people that you love is such a success in and of itself. And, and how do you balance that? That's an interesting point, you know, watching others and, and, and benchmarking your own success off, off other people. Is there a time and place where that's healthy in terms of, you know, like, striving where, where you want to be, but then are people also sort of running their own race? And, and how do you sort of, what's your advice to young people in that sense of where to sort of aim and is comparison healthy? I think some comparison is always healthy in terms of being able to get a measure of yourself. I think if you're putting all of your effort into that comparison, then it's going to be difficult for you to find your place and to really own it. Yep. And credit where credit's due. I know this is a question that was that was later in the list, but it feels like a good point to bring it up now is if we talk about comparison in, in your world, in, in your level, in, in kind of the, the companies that, that you play with or you might bid against in Australia and abroad, who who would you say at the moment is, is really kind of nailing it and an inspiration to you even at the level you're at now? I think all the people that are pushing for diversity and inclusivity really, I think the movement to make the industry more diverse and more inclusive is something that I watch people striving for that and I really admire them. I think the more that we can bring that to the industry, the better. Yeah, yeah. And that's always been something that you've championed, Karen, right, is diversity and inclusion. And how have you found that, you know, do you think we're making progress on that? Has it been a, obviously, you know, years ago, we've been working on it. Where do you think we're at with that now? What what do we need to do more of? What are we doing that's great? Huge question. But uh, yeah, what's your sort of thoughts on that as someone who has really given so much to that space? 
I think that um, we definitely have made progress. I think there's still a long way to go. And I think that you can see that within the industry and just within the world. Certainly over my time in the industry, I've watched the number of female directors grow. I think that I hope that I'll be around to see the time when we just call them directors and we don't call them female directors or male directors or a particular director. I think the more that we can open up the voices that speak to us in advertising, the better the advertising will be. And I also like the recent sort of or fairly recent trend to look at directors outside of the commercial world, um, those that are working in TV or film or the arts and see the benefit of having those kind of stories told in our world. I think that certainly when I was starting out, there was a real block to the idea of a film director working in advertising. And and now I feel like there's a lot more crossover between the two worlds. And I think that television has come a long way in bridging that gap, certainly in um, enabling people to understand that you can tell long stories, middle-sized stories and short stories, and you can be successful at all of them. Yeah, that's super important. I guess talking about storytelling and and that kind of thing in in the space at the moment, we're seeing the ways of telling stories are constantly changing, right? You know, before it might have been you you would have your campaign and you would have your sort of your 60 second spot and you'd cut it down. And now, you know, you might employ a TikTok creator to kind of tell part of it. As a real veteran of the industry, how do you sort of see, are we experiencing a radical shift at the moment or are we just kind of seeing a, a... as it's always evolved, we're just continuing to evolve with how stories are told and, and the formats and all that kind of stuff from a production point of view kind of specifically. I think that we're always evolving with the different technologies and the different trends. I like to believe, though, that storytelling and entertainment is still at the heart of everything we do. And being able to engage with a consumer is something that is so important. So the storytelling will always, I think, surpass the particular technique or the particular output if it's done well. And is that kind of what you're on a mission for to do at Collider or to continue doing at Collider? Is it so it's a storytelling and entertainment business that, you know, lives in, in multiple shapes and forms in terms of the output? Absolutely. And I think understanding the DNA and the roots of a project and being able to communicate the messaging as well as the storytelling is something that we're all really passionate about. And, and, and when you say sort of understanding the DNA and the roots, I, th- I think that's super important, especially in a sort of agency and production company relationship, right? It's a, you know, you would never just bring on a production company to just purely execute what an agency has written and, and, and vice versa, an agency shouldn't, is not in a position to kind of just dictate to a production company how to bring it to life. For the best possible work and the, and the best possible relationship, how does that work between a, a traditional relationship between an agency and production company to, to make something great? What does it take? Um, I think that collaboration is key and certainly the projects that I've really enjoyed are projects where we've been brought on early. We've had a great relationship with the agency and client and everybody's looking at it as a team effort and everybody's really understanding and respecting the different roles that we all play in creating that piece of film um, and what everyone can bring to the table. Yeah. That's great. I like the idea of it being kind of like one one sort of team and, and bringing in as many people around the table as early as possible. I think in, in, in the creative process generally, there's great value. And then, you know, what you talk about with bringing in more diverse voices and that kind of thing, it, again, early on, I think that's how we, we ultimately change the work and make it more interesting, right? And I think that's one of the amazing things about advertising is that you've got such a great platform to have a voice to shape society in the same way that we're reflecting it back. We're also have an opportunity to reflect it in the way that's, you know, that we would 
aspire to. And you've done some campaigns, Karen, that I would say really have shaped society and you've, you've been a part of some really important projects. Is there any that you could kind of pinpoint specifically as, as having a real kind of effect, you know, bigger than advertising per se? Yeah, I have to say that um, when Mistakes first launched, it came out on the 3rd of January. So everyone's on the Christmas holiday and I just started noticing my Facebook feed started to be filled up with people completely outside of advertising sharing this piece of work and commenting on it. And that was a really nice moment where you realised how broad reaching because it hadn't really been launched in the trade press per se. It had just come out and already people were sharing it and commenting on it. And it was nice to see how that had kind of transcended outside of my industry view into the you know broader world. Yeah. And speaking of the broader world, if you weren't doing advertising, what, what would you be doing? Oh, that was the hardest one that you had on the <laughs> list for me. I really don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd be teaching yoga. Who knows? Do you think that's a thing about people in advertising, though? I, I even, you know, in my limited time, I think a lot of the people that I come across, they actually don't don't know what they would do other than advertising, potentially. The people that are really into it, you know, it has this kind of hook to it. And is that perhaps, you know, what you're saying earlier about constantly problem solving and every day is a challenge? Or what's the hook that you think keeps people in advertising? I think it's everything we've talked about. I think being part of an industry that is constantly challenging and reflecting and reacting to the world around them and being able to actually potentially, you know, make a difference in our own way is something that's really exciting. Certainly some of my favourite pieces of work have been work that's not just around selling or marketing to a particular consumer, but also around, you know, road safety or important messages. Being able to communicate that is, you know, makes really me really proud. And what role do you think advertising has just more generally in communicating really important messages, you know, especially at the moment, you know, we're seeing sustainability and that kind of thing is really important. Advertising can solve the world's problems. Do you, do you think that? Absolutely. I think brands have a huge ability to shape the world, to get behind causes that they feel really strongly about, to make a change and make a difference. And it's really exciting seeing more and more of them do just that. Um, I think that that's hopefully the sh- shape of things to come. And, and in production, do you find that the, the line is getting even closer to how close you can get to the brand now and how, and how fundamental you can be to that relationship? You know, it's not completely guided by the agency anymore. It's, it's a collaborative sort of team. I think when you can get that right, it's really important. Um, I certainly have seen great relationships between agencies and clients that extend through to everybody that they're working with. And I think that that's the penultimate in terms of what we can hope for. Yep. Great. These are good, Karen. Really, it's really interesting to get your take on as someone who, who's kind of at such a high level of it all, you know, you can, you, you, you're kind of beyond the, the granular day-to-day of, of production and, and it's, a, it's a night, well, I'm sure you still do the day-to-day of production, but, you know, to kind of have this sort of vision and, and, and that's sort of how you've been able to, to kind of steer the industry, I suppose. Uh, we talked about some of the work that you've made. Is there a piece of work that you've seen that you think, really wish I made that? I think in advertising, that's something we have all the time as someone in your position, what's the what's that piece of work? Or? Oh, I don't think there's one. I see them every week. I see a great piece of work and think, oh, that would have been amazing to work on. And, you know, I wish I'd been involved. And that really shows a brave client or a really understanding agency that they've been able to encapsulate the problem and find a solution. So I don't know if I can call out one piece of work. Yeah. Um, I love the new Kathmandu spot. 
that's a bit of a fave from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's very quirky. I think Scoundrel did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Great, great yeah. piece of work. I guess, you know, I think that's something I, I've also found advertising. We say, oh, you know, my mate did that or we know the production company that did it. Someone in your position, I imagine you know just about everyone, Karen. Do you, and the, is there a real sense of kind of camaraderie? Obviously, advertising is super competitive in a sense that we're all pitching against each other, we're all bidding against each other. But then in the same kind of vein, you know, we have these events and we see work and we, is there something kind of interesting about advertising in that sense? that you've found and the support networks you've kind of found in in other people that you might not work with. Absolutely. I think while the day-to-day is competitive and the nature of the model is that, you know, we're pitching jobs in a three-way fashion most of the time, I think we all understand the community over and above that um, and we can come together, particularly in instances such as the CPC and especially during something like COVID where we saw the community, the film production community, production company EPs and people really banding together to enable us to keep filming during a pandemic and that was, I think, a great example of how we are all in it together. Stronger and kind of stronger together. Exactly. I think, yeah, for me, I think that's super interesting. Even, you know, we're here today because of Young Blights, right, which is an organisation that kind of puts young people in advertising together to meet. And, you know, I've been able to meet some great people like that and, and hopefully one day we'll all be kind of the, the EPs of Colliders and, and that kind of thing. And I think there's a really interesting hook in advertising for, you know, a lot of people go to jobs that they don't, you know, they don't talk to their colleagues after work or they don't, you know, and I think advertising is just this insane kind of, that's how it, how it hooks people. So great to know that you think the same and it continues as you, as you move through your work on that you know you sit on on, on some kind of councils and, and that kind of thing you're the co-chair of the commercial I was you were, yeah you I was the yeah, co-chair yeah, yeah. it's a revolving position is probably the best way of describing yeah, it yeah, where yeah. there are two representatives from the production companies that are members that chair the meetings that we have where we get together and talk about things that are yep. facing the industry and so that's been a really interesting way to get a good sense of of how the industry is working as a whole rather than just from the lens of your particular company. Yep, yep, yep. And, and, and what, uh, those kind of bodies, do they sort of think about how obviously we get more people into advertising and, and we make it more diverse and, and that kind of thing? That's a large kind of part of it? Absolutely. I think that that's become something that's very high on the agenda for um, a lot of companies. Certainly, it's something that I've seen at Collider and at, and at Finch as well, fostering, nurturing new talent, shaping directors' careers, and also bringing in people and giving them opportunities that may be outside of producing or directing. I've had people that wanted to end up in the camera department or people that have wanted to end up in art department or wardrobe. So I think being able to get some experience in a production company and work out what it is that you feel like you're really gravitating towards and then work with people who are able to help you make those connections so that you can move into something that's your specialty of choice. Yeah. And I guess for a lot of kind of people maybe listening to this podcast is they're exactly kind of in that position where they want to kind of, you know, figure out where they want to go and, and what what sort of part they fit best in. And really sort of, you know, we're, we're talking quite sort of high level today about, you know, uh, sort of visions for the industry and stuff. As, as a young person trying to, you know, who, who has no experience in advertising, trying to, to get in, what would be your sort of simple advice? Like something, a step they can kind of take yeah, after I listening think to this. Yeah, it goes back to the willingness. Be willing to try, be willing to say yes and try as many different things as you can. Meet as many different people as you can. As much as the tenacity and hard work and dedication will pay off, sometimes it's going to be about being in the right place at the right time. So take advantage of the introductions and 
the connections that you make at any level because you never know when you might cross paths with that person again, like we are. Exactly. Here we are today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is there something I, I should have asked you, Karen? That I've, I've got asked you lots of questions, but is there a question you wish that I had asked? I feel like we've talked, we've talked through all your questions. I probably should have thought of something witty to end with. No, um, no, 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 no. Maybe uh, you can come up with something. True. Well, yeah, I did come up with the rest of the questions, Karen. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I think at the end of the day, this podcast is all about, you know, advice from from kind of the, the big dogs, the little dogs. And I think we can't underestimate that as, as a young kind of person. And I think, you know, as I said, it's super fitting that we can kind of catch up again today and and, and just sort of talk about advice that, you know, is, is not dissimilar to the advice that you gave me all those years ago as well. So And to see how much success you've had oh, with well, it. So we'll, we'll see, Karen. The proof we'll is see. in the pudding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, I think, you know, and I think what it does for, for someone like myself is, you know, uh, you know, I hope that when I kind of get to a, a level of yours or even half of that, that we will give advice out to the, to the next kind of generation and and, sh- and and your advice around what that next generation looks like and how we find those people and how we kind of work in more diverse voices and all that kind of thing, I think is super important and, and something we can continue to do. So thanks, thanks so much, Thanks very much, much for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for jumping on. 